0: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, July fifteenth, 2022. Coming up this hour.
1: China's economy grows at the slowest pace since the onset of COVID.
0: Bank earnings continue with Citigroup and Wells Fargo reporting.
1: Key economic data this morning as the debate over
2: Fed policy continues.
0: And President Biden's Middle East trip takes center stage in Saudi Arabia.
2: The New York City Council approves abortion rights measures, plus Governor Hochul
3: allows millions of dollars to fight gun violence. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Staschauer in sports. Easy win for the Mets. Extra inning loss for the Yankees. And they're playing the second round of the Open Championship in Scotland. That's all
4: straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
1: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moskow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up six points this morning. Dow futures up 72 and NASDAQ futures up 14. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4%. 10-year treasury up 6.32 seconds. Yield 2.93%. The yield on the two-year 3.12%. And NYMEX crude oil is little change at $95.83 a barrel. The euro against the dollar. Nathan.
1: Thank you, Karen. We begin this morning with economic news across the globe. Our first stop is Asia, where data show China's economic growth slowed sharply in the second quarter. Let's begin our team coverage this morning with Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis in Hong Kong. It's the slowest pace since the pandemic began back in 2020. The economy actually contracted 2.6% quarter on quarter. It shows the price of China's dynamic zero COVID policies. But trends are improving. Retail sales recovered somewhat in June, gaining 3.1% year on year. Industrial production up 3.9%, mostly in line, and fixed asset investment jumping 6.1%. That said, property prices fell for a 10th consecutive month, slipping 0.1% from May. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Brian, thank you. In Europe today. Our focus is political turmoil in Italy. Prime Minister Mario Draghi's offer to resign has been rejected by the country's president. That leaves the door open for a solution that would have Draghi leading the government until elections next year. Begin more from a Bloomberg Euro area economist David Powell.
1: The drama is probably going to be prolonged in the sense that even if we get beyond next week uh, and Draghi is able to uh, uh, command adequate support in parliament, Italians have to go to the polls Again, uh, before next June, and Draghi has already said he he won't stand. Um, so this isn't going to be going away, even if there is a kind of short term fix. It's something we're going to have to uh, be watching for quite a while.
0: Bloomberg's David Powell says the chaos was triggered when the Five Star Movement, the second largest party in Draghi's alliance, boycotted a confidence vote in the Italian Senate.
1: Back here in the U.S., Karen, the debate continues on whether the Federal Reserve will hike rates by 75 basis points or 1% later this month. Fed Governor Christopher Waller addressed the issue at an event yesterday in Idaho. I fully support another 75 basis point increase. However, my base case for July depends on incoming data. We have important data releases on retail sales and housing and inflation expectations
5: coming in before the next meeting.
0: Fed Governor Waller says economic readings will be key, and there's more on the way today. The Fed will be looking to two readings in particular when it comes to setting policy, at least that's the case for Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester.
6: There's more data coming out that I'm going to be very attuned to. We have retail sales coming out, and we have a very important University of Michigan report. And, of course, that's important because it has the inflation expectations measure, um, a consumer measure in there.
0: And Cleveland Fed President Masters spoke with Bloomberg. We get the retail sales figure today at 830 a.m. Wall Street time, followed by University of Michigan sentiment at 10.
1: OK, let's turn from the economy now to corporate earnings, Karen, because banks are front and center again today after yesterday's disappointing results from J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger has more.
3: The results from Citigroup and Wells Fargo will be the highlights this morning. Bloomberg Intelligence says Citigroup likely benefited from fixed income trading strength, but a slide in banking fees may have offset the gains. Consumers were still generally healthy, and that should have helped Citi's credit card business. Wells Fargo is still dealing with the fallout of the saga that started in 2016 when the bank was fined for its sales practices. B.I. says Wells Fargo's profit and returns could move higher. The Fed's constraint on its sheet remains a key hurdle. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Jeff, thank you. Meantime, banks are on the hook for a big bill from the government. Financial regulators are poised to extract a total of about $1 billion in fines from the five biggest U.S. investment banks. We get the story from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner.
1: It's the price for failing to monitor employee use of unauthorized messaging apps for communications involving bank business. In its earnings report, Morgan Stanley said it expects to pay a $200 million fine. That's identical to what J.P. Morgan Chase paid, and it appears to be the figure being used as a benchmark. We are told Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, and Bank of America are all in advance talks with regulators, and each may pay a similar amount. These discussions have not yet been concluded, and the penalties could still change. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Doug, thank you. Let's turn to politics now where foreign relations are in focus. This is an important day on President Biden's agenda in the Middle East. He makes his way to Saudi Arabia tonight, and Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern is there. She brings us the latest from Jeddah.
5: President Biden will be meeting with Palestinian Authority Mahmoud Abbas today before he heads over to Saudi Arabia. This is really going to be the pivotal moment of the trip and a controversial one, especially for many within the Democratic Party. President Biden is trying to bring the price of gasoline down. He need the kingdom's help to get more barrels on the market. But, of course, when he was campaigning, he had vowed to make the kingdom a pariah His administration said he would only deal directly with the king, and now we know he'll be meeting this evening with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. In Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, Anne-Marie Hordern, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Anne-Marie, thank you. Meantime, back in Washington, Senator Joe Manchin has delivered a huge blow to President Biden's economic agenda. The Democrat told party leaders he would not support new spending on climate measures or tax increases. Manchin says he will back proposals on health care and drug prices. And again, futures are on the rise this morning. And straight ahead, we have a check of your local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg.
1: Thanks Karen, 607 on Wall Street, 72 degrees in Central Park. We've got a tractor trailer fire at the uh, southbound eastern spur of the New Jersey Turnpike details coming up in traffic first michael barr with what else
2: is going on in new york and around the world good morning michael good morning nathan the new york city council has taken steps to expand abortion and reproductive care rights the council passed a package of bills including providing free abortion pills at clinics the new york city abortion rights act also allows people seeking abortions from out of state to safely do so new york governor kathy Hochul talked about shootings during an event in brooklyn Hochul announced a new budget allowance of over $20 million to fight gun violence in the state. Hochul says it would invest in several things, including crime labs, investigating shootings statewide.
5: We will continue devoting everything we have at our disposal to stop this crisis because we are seeing a difference.
2: Last month, Governor Hochul signed a new gun safety bill that banned carrying any firearms into sensitive places, including schools and mass transit stations. The Buffalo supermarket that was the scene of a deadly mass shooting reopens today. There was some debate about possibly shuttering the top supermarket, but this man who lives in the community says he's glad it is reopening because it's the only grocery store the community has.
7: We was excited about getting it in now, um, to have that just taken away from us will be more devastation, and you know, than what we already been through.
2: Yesterday, a federal grand jury in Buffalo returned a 27-count indictment charging Peyton Gendron with hate crimes. He's accused of shooting 13 people, killing 10 inside the supermarket. Prosecutors say he targeted them because he wanted to kill black people. Concern is growing about monkeypox among some health experts. About 400 cases have been identified in New York City alone. This week, the CDC announced several efforts to increase access to testing. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci told ABC the disease is easily treated but should not be ignored.
3: There are vaccines that are available to prevent and respond to monkeypox. There are antivirals that are available. So we're not in the dark about this, although we really must take it seriously.
2: Dr. Fauci will be on Bloomberg later today at noon. Ivana Trump, the first wife of Donald Trump, has died in New York City. Ivana Trump was 73. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Coming
1: up to six ten on Wall Street, John Stash Hour has the Bloomberg Sports Update.
3: All right, Nathan, second night in a row where the Yankees and Reds played a game that went 10 innings and finished 7-6. to Last night was 1-1 to in the eighth inning. Cincinnati scored three off Jonathan Loisigo. Yanks tied the game on eighth inning home runs by Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres. Reds then with three in the tenth off Lucas Litke. Yanks got two back. Matt Carpenter's 11th home run, but the Reds held on, and they won the series. Yanks have lost four of the last five. They host the Red Sox tonight. And Wrigley, easy win for the Mets, 8 nothing over the Cubs, Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Williams, the combined shutout, home runs for Brandon Nimmo and Pete Alonso. Cameron Young's a 25-year-old golfer from Westchester. His father is the pro at the Sleepy Hollow Club, and Young's first ever round at an Open Championship was an 8-under-64 at St. Andrews.
5: Anytime you
1: set foot on that first tee or 18th green or anywhere, especially on that kind of part of the course, um, there's just no hiding how special of a place it is. Um, and it's certainly been a goal to get to an Open Championship and for my first one to be here um, is a little bit uh, extra special for me. Young
3: still's got a two-shot lead in today's second round. Dustin Johnson and Taylor Gooch have moved to 6-under, tied for second with Rory McElroy. Tiger Woods is on the course. He's six over, had that 78 yesterday. Only seven golfers had a higher score. Utah Jazz say All-Star guard Donovan Mitchell is available in a trade the Knicks are interested, but reportedly the Jazz wanted in return four players and six first-round picks, and the Knicks said no. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan?
1: John, thank you. S&P futures up six points. Staff futures up 79. NASDAQ futures up 15 points. NYMEX crude's up a tenth percent, $95.92 a barrel as President Biden sets his sights on Saudi Arabia tonight. We check in with Bloomberg's Youssef Gamal el next in Jeddah. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunshine in the city today going up to near 85 degrees. 85 for a high tomorrow as well. Could hit 90 by Sunday with a chance of late afternoon showers and storms. Right now, 72 degrees.
4: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moskow, and we are watching earnings crossing the Bloomberg this morning. United Health Group raising its full-year profit outlook as expanded enrollment in the health insurer's plans helped it beat Wall Street analysts' forecast for the second quarter, and its shares are up one percent in early trading. BlackRock clients slowed the amount of money they poured into the firm's long-term funds as markets cratered and inflation surged. Net inflows for those products totaled 69 billion dollars for the three months ending June 30th, 40 billion dollars less than analysts were looking for. We hear from Wells Fargo and Citigroup later today, among others. U.S. stock index futures are higher right now. The dollar surge stalling at the end of a week in which markets have been whipsawed by shifting expectations for monetary tightening by the Federal Reserve and worries over global economic growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 5 points. Dow futures up 72. NASDAQ futures up 12. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4%. The 10-year Treasury up 732 seconds, yield 2.93%. They yield on the two-year 3.12%. NYMEX crude oil is up two tenths percent or 19 cents at $95.97 a barrel. Comex gold down four percent or $6.60 at 16.9920 an ounce. The euro 1.0038 against the dollar. British pound 1.1829. The yen 138.69. And looking at Bitcoin, up nine-tenths percent at $20,850. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
2: Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden will announce $316 million in U.S. aid for the Palestinians today as he seeks to revive U.S. ties with the Palestinian Authority. He visited a hospital, and then he will meet with the Authority's President, Mahmoud Abbas. Biden will later travel to Saudi Arabia. Ukrainian officials say Russian missiles that struck a city in central Ukraine killed at least 23 people and wounded more than 100 others, including children dozens are missing. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Royals. The Mets beat the Cubs. The Red Sox lost to the Rays. The Nationals lost to the Braves. The Giants lost to the Brewers. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan.
1: All right, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and what we expect will be a Pivotal day for President Biden as his trip through the Middle East continues. Tonight, the president heads to Saudi Arabia for that much-anticipated face-to-face with the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Let's go live to Jeddah now and check in ahead of that with Bloomberg's Yusuf Gamal Din. Yusuf, great to speak with you this morning. We've already gotten some news ahead of President Biden's arrival your way. No announcement expected on increased oil supply. though it probably would have been bigger news if we actually did get an announcement like that, right?
7: Absolutely. I mean, this is the first visit by a U.S. president to Saudi Arabia in the month of July. And there is a very good reason for that. It is hot. It is sticky. And this is not the right time of year to be going to the kingdom. And it shows you how important this trip is for the U.S. side to at least reset the conversation in some form or another. There is no doubt that it's a little bit awkward, given that uh, the administration's played the human rights card on the campaign trail Now they have to manage it. Are they going to shake hands with the Saudi Crown Prince and the bilaterals later this afternoon? Uh, The Crown Prince has denied ordering the killing, but he has taken responsibility for it. And to kind of build on what you just said about uh, crude oil, look, the Saudis are already almost at max capacity. Uh, RBC Capital talked about a soft ceiling of 11.5 million barrels per day. The target for August for the Saudis is just a little bit above 11. Together with the UAE, you're looking at spare capacity of about 3 million barrels per day, Point being is that's spare capacity for the world. That's not spare capacity for a visit from the U.S. president. And they've got to safeguard this for potential turmoil down the line. They can't tap this today.
1: Well, what potential gains, if any, could the president see when it comes to the energy picture, Yusuf? Is there a possibility that the president might be looking to drive something of a wedge between Saudi Arabia and Russia?
7: For sure. Yes, definitely. It is a way to try and get the Saudis to steer OPEC plus to be as accommodating as they can be. And so the way Rapidan Energy described it in a note this morning, uh, they could get a generic pledge to do what they can to keep the powder dry kind of thing. But at the same time, it's also to get the Russians to be on guard. Because the reality is here in the Middle East and all the conversations I've had over the last six months, there is a sense that this part of the world has not featured very highly uh, in the current administration's agenda. And so this trip is at least a way. And we've seen this with the meetings with, uh, you know, with some of the other factions over the last 24 hours uh, in Palestine. Uh, basically, this comes a bit of more of a priority Still, Saudi Arabia is the only stop, actually, in the Arab world, and the Saudis are selling this as kind of, you know, look at us. We're really important, uh, and we matter to a global economy that's uh, struggling for oil barrels.
1: As you mentioned, Yusuf, the human rights issue is going to be a major focus as well. The president's been asked about this, whether he's going to directly bring up Jamal Khashoggi's murder. He says he wants to project American values, but it seems like he's kind of hedging a little bit when it comes to being really direct with MBS.
7: Yeah, this has been a a very difficult one to, to navigate for the White House and for the Saudis. I mean, it is important for this leadership here in the kingdom to get the ties in order. It's a long relationship they've had with Saudi Arabia. It's not the first time that they haven't seen eye to eye. I think back to, I mean, look, it's almost 50 years to the day since the former president, Richard Nixon, came to Saudi Arabia and asked for more barrels at a time when there was an inflationary wave as well. So a little bit parallels throughout history, but at the end of the day, what are we going to get? You know, I mean, are we going to get a handshake? Are we going to get, uh, you know, a bit of a meeting? How are they going to manage the optics? It's a tough one. There's no doubt that uh, I don't envy. I don't envy anybody trying to set up the meetings or the trip. I'll just be watching and uh, and observing and uh, taking some notes. So there yeah. you go.
1: Yeah, no matter what the uh, potential photo op looks like, it is definitely going to be one for the history books, whether it's awkward or all smiles. uh, Very interesting to watch. Thanks for this, Yusuf. Again, great having you on with us. Yusuf Gamal El uh Bloomberg Television anchor with us this morning from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, ahead of President Biden's arrival for that face-to-face, something we hadn't thought we'd see just a few months ago with uh, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Right now, S&P futures up eight points. Dow futures up 91. NASDAQ futures up 21 points. Ten-year treasury up 730 seconds. The yield on the benchmark ten-year note, 2.93%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg eleven three oh other sunshine mid eighties today. Uh sunshine tomorrow, mid eighties as well. Could it ninety on Sunday with some late afternoon showers and storms to end the weekend? Right now seventy two in Central Park. 630 on Wall Street. Good morning, I'm Nathan Higger.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash ga. Up first, we turn to China, where the economy grew just four-tenths of a percent last quarter. That's the slowest pace since the start of the pandemic, but Bloomberg macro strategist Mark Hudmore says it's not the GDP miss that worries him.
1: The data, I think, at the moment is, first of all, a little bit backward-looking, and there's a bit of a a dynamic here where we're kind of going, hey, bad news is good news for markets because it means more policy easing to come through. The data this morning did not worry me, but the property sector story is getting worse at a quicker rate than I think many of us anticipated a month or two ago. The credit problems are spreading beyond the property sector into the banking sector, and that is a concern for China.
0: And Bloomberg's Mark Cudmore says China's second-half performance will be important.
1: Over in Europe, Karen, Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi's offer to resign has been rejected by the country's president, Bloomberg's Chiara Albanese, says if Draghi leaves government, it will negatively impact
5: markets. Draghi had started on a very ambitious path of reforms to free up the market, to speed up competition, to change up the justice system, to cut, tape.
1: This is all on the question if he walks away. Bloomberg's Chiara Albanese in Rome says concerns over energy and inflation could hamper Italy's economy later this year.
0: Well, Nathan, back in the U.S., the debate continues over whether the Fed will hike rates by 75 basis points or 1% later this month. Coming up today, we get more economic data for the central bank to digest. June, retail sales will be released around 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time, followed by University of Michigan sentiment at 10.
1: And banks are in focus again today, Karen, after yesterday's disappointing results from J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. We get more from Bloomberg's Shaneli Vasek.
5: More worries about the U.S. consumer started to rise after J.P. Morgan started reporting provisions for loan losses. The bank also said that charge-offs were starting to slowly rise. Citigroup and Wells Fargo will also give another glimpse into the consumer when they report earnings on Friday. I'm Shanali Bassick, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Shanali, thanks. Those reports this morning from Wells Fargo and Citigroup due out at 7 and 8 a.m. Wall Street time.
0: Well, at the same time, Nathan, financial regulators are poised to extract about $1 billion in fines from the five biggest U.S. investment banks. That's for failing to monitor employee use of unauthorized messaging apps for bank communications. That's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
1: Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 72 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with a tractor-trailer fire by the western merge of the eastern spur of the New Jersey Turnpike. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the
2: world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced a new budget allowance of over $20 million to fight gun violence in the state. Hochul, speaking during an event in Brooklyn, says it would invest in several things, including community outreach programs and crime labs investigating shootings statewide.
5: We have a gun violence epidemic here in the state of New York. Full stop. That is a statement of fact.
2: The governor's announcement comes one month after Hochul signed a new gun safety bill that banned carrying any firearms into sensitive places, including schools and mass transit stations. A federal grand jury in Buffalo returned a 27-count indictment charging the suspected gunman in the Topps supermarket shooting with hate crimes. Meanwhile, the supermarket is set to reopen today. There was some debate about possibly closing the supermarket for good, but this man who lives in the community tells ABC he's glad Topps is reopened opening because it's the only grocery store the community has.
7: At first I, I said to myself, well maybe they should just uh bulldozer it down, you know, close it and make a make a memorial out of it. And then I thought about it again, you know, how long would it take for us to get a new tops?
2: The suspected gunman Peyton Gendron is accused of shooting thirteen people, killing ten inside the supermarket, which prosecutors say he targeted because he wanted to kill black people. The New York City Council has taken steps to expand abortion and reproductive care rights. The council passed a package of bills, including providing free abortion pills at clinics. The New York City Abortion Rights Act also allows people seeking abortions from out of state to safely do so. The legislation passed 41 to 7. The January 6th committee says Secret Service texts made as the assault on the Capitol unfolded are missing. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports.
4: Committee Chair Benny Thompson says they have been deleted or erased. He says they are important because they could shed some light on Donald Trump's movements leading up to and during the insurrection. Thompson says if there's any way that they can be reconstructed, they will do it. Remember the testimony from aide Cassidy Hutchinson who said that Trump wanted to join the marchers to the Capitol but was blocked by security? Well, Thompson says they could also shed light on Trump's activities regarding Vice President Mike Pence. In San
2: Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael.
3: almost 636 on Wall Street. John Stanshaw has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Nathan, great night for the Mets. Not only their 8-0 win over the Cubs at Wrigley, strong pitching from Carlos Carrasco. Brandon Nimmo, three hits with a home run. Pete Alonso is 24th homer, but a sellout crowd in Syracuse to see Jacob DeGrom face triple-A batters for the first time when four innings did not allow an earned run. Just two hits, four strikeouts, and all indications are DeGrom will make his highly anticipated season debut for the Mets sometime after the All-Star break. Yankees and Reds, a pitchers duel at the stadium, though. It ended 7-6. It was 1-1 in the 8th inning. Esther Cortez and Luis Castillo in a battle of all-stars. Cincinnati with three runs in the 8th inning off Jonathan Loisaga just back from injury, and then three more in the 10th off Lucas Litke. Joey Votto had big hits in both rallies. The Reds won 7-6 in 10. Yankee home runs in defeat for Aaron Judge, is 31st. Also, Glaber Torres and Matt Carpenter, Yanks host the Red Sox tonight. Seattle Mariners won again last night. That's 11 wins in a row for them. They're playing the second round of the Open Championship at St. Andrews. The leader at 8-under remains Cameron Young, the Westchester native. Went to high school at Fordham Prep in the Bronx. He tees off in a couple of hours. Taylor Gooch has moved to 7-under par. And Dustin Johnson and world number one Scotty Scheffler are on the course at 6-under. And Rory McElroy will start the day at 6-under. Reportedly, the Knicks have rejected a trade offer from the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, for four players and six first-round draft picks. Big free agent signing by the Devils, getting Tampa Bay's Andre Palat for five years, $30 million. Ryan Strom, leaving the Rangers, signed with Anaheim. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports. Yeah.
1: All right, John, thanks. 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market on this Friday morning, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. Kriti, interesting to see a stock go up when an activist investor takes a stake in it.
8: Absolutely. Nathan, are you a scrapbooker? No. Yeah, me neither. I should but, be, but no. But there's a massive audience for it, and that brings us to Pinterest here, P-I-N-S, the online scrapbooker. Uh, any any bride will know um, the value of Pinterest. I, I'm a bridesmaid, and I've recently learned the value of it in the context of planning a, a wedding. Lot of
1: product on there, yeah.
8: Exactly, P-I-N-S is your ticker up. in the pre-market. This does come after Elliott Management has acquired a stake in the company, about over 9%. Now, they've been doing this slowly. They've been building up their stake. They are now the largest investor in the company. Remember, this comes as social media companies broadly are struggling. We, of course, know the entire Twitter, Tesla debacle. We also know that Snapchat... Alphabet, uh, even YouTube, some of the revenues within Alphabet, well, they're all slumping, and a lot of this has to do with the growth story. If you're worried about recession, you're also going to be worried about business investment. Pinterest has the same problem. So a lot of those stocks, in addition to having that tech exposure, exposure, excuse me, have actually taken a hit because of that. So um, this is going to be a, an interesting one to see if they actually – do something to change the business. Uh, this, of course, follows a shakeup at Pinterest. Last month, the co-founder and CEO, Ben Silberman, actually handed the reins to Google and PayPal veteran Bill Reddy. So we'll see if there's uh, perhaps some new things in store for Pinterest.
1: Well, speaking of stocks taking a hit this morning, we've got some earnings news uh, outside of the big bank earnings that we're waiting for in just a few minutes here.
8: Yeah, we really do. Um, and this is perhaps a company that not that many people have heard of. Codexs, CDXS. The shares are down 24% this morning. It comes as an enzyme engineering company. They cut their sales guidance for the year and reported preliminary quarterly revenue that trailed estimates. So once again, they cut their guidance. They missed their estimates. not good when you're, once again, looking at something that's sort of um, in in the engineering space here. The other one I want to point out to you, Nathan, very quickly, is Vonage. VG is your ticker. It's actually up in the pre-market. This comes after Ericsson. This is the Swedish telecom company. Received all the necessary approvals from regulators to buy Vonage. And Vonage, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, it's a cloud-based communications company. Um, Very big when it comes, a very big player when it comes to to telecom broadly. I always think of it. In India, for example, Vonage is everywhere. Uh, VG is your ticker, and those shares are up uh, about 6.5%, Nathan.
1: Okay, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta will be uh, joining us again later on this morning, 9 a.m. Wall Street time for Bloomberg Surveillance, co-hosting the show today. And I should note that President Biden is speaking Right now, as he meets with Palestinian leaders in Jerusalem, we will be uh, checking back, bringing you headlines as he meets with the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas. Right now, uh, more to come here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Right now, S&P futures are up eight points. Dow futures up 89. NASDAQ futures up 19 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine, mid-80s today and tomorrow. Uh, Could see some late afternoon showers and storms on Sunday as we head up near 90 degrees to end the weekend. Right now, 72 degrees in Central Park.
4: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow, and it's another morning, busy morning, for earnings. Watching Wells Fargo crossing the Bloomberg second quarter revenue missing analyst estimates. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning.
3: Yeah, good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are on the
1: green right now. Dow futures up 109 points. S&P's gained 10, while Nasdaq futures are up by 27. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.94 percent. Gold is down seven. Oil is a little changed, and Bitcoin is trading higher by one percent. Japan rose half a percent overnight, while European markets are in the green, led by gains in Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front, at 8.30, Empire Manufacturing and Retail Sales at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the bell last night, it was reported that Elliott took a stake in Pinterest. Shares are up 14 percent in the pre-market. And regarding earnings this morning, you mentioned Wells Fargo, UNH Raised its guidance. Black Rock EPS missed estimates and looked for Citigroup to report around eight. Wrapping things up, Norfolk Southern was raised to buy over at Stiefel. Live from the first of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen.
0: All right, Bill, thank you. Well, you mentioned United Health Group, it is up 1.2% in early trading this morning. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
2: Karen, thank you very much. Before leaving for Saudi Arabia for the much-anticipated second leg of his Middle East tour, President Biden visited the West Bank and East Jerusalem today. The president visited a hospital and praised nurses for the work they do. The Secret Services again in the crosshairs of the Congressional Committee looking into the Capitol Hill riot. An internal watchdog says the agency that protects the president deleted messages from January 5th and 6th of last year. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Royals, the Mets beat the Cubs, the Red Sox lost to the Rays, the Nationals lost to the Braves, the Giants lost to the Brewers. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg. Karen.
0: All right, Michael Bauer, thank you. And we'll have much more on these breaking earnings in just a moment. We're watching Wells Fargo shares down more than 3% right now in early trading. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked the top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report, and number 14 in the nation on Money's Best Colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news and science, technology, engineering and math. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is telling senators to expect an initial vote as early as Tuesday on scaled back legislation that would provide financial incentives for companies that build semiconductor manufacturing plants in the U.S. Both the House and Senate have passed sweeping bills that call for the development of regional technology hubs across the country. But lawmakers have struggled to reach a final compromise that could generate 60 votes in the Senate, the number needed to overcome procedural hurdles. Pacific Island national leaders have declared a climate emergency. Australia, the wealthiest and most populous of the Forum nations, has committed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 43 percent below 2005 levels by the end of the decade under a new government elected in May. And Amazon is slowing down its hiring in Europe. The company saying it will create more than 4,000 new permanent jobs in the U.K. this year. That's the smallest number it's announced in at least three years, despite planning to open two more fulfillment centers in the north of England. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan.
1: All right, Karen. Thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker studios, where it's coming up to 6:51 on Wall Street as we continue to watch earnings from Wells Fargo. The results per- across the Bloomberg terminal. Bloomberg Intelligence senior global banks analyst Allison Williams is with us now to help break down these numbers. Obviously, Alan. The. Or I'm sorry, uh, Allison. The uh, red headline uh, from these results: uh, second quarter revenue came in pretty short of estimates. What else stands out for you?
6: So, just uh, looking, there's there's a few um, there's a few items that might have driven the revenue, the headline revenue miss. or a couple things I would call out. Um, it does look like um, you know, equities, securities gains, which were a huge boost to the quarter. A year ago, and it looks like there could be some losses this quarter. That's a little bit more negative than people thought. Again, that's not core, so I don't think people will be too upset about that. They did have uh, a write-down due to market spread widening. Again, we've seen this across the banks, and that's uh, to be expected. Mortgage banking income down significantly. Uh, that was a I, big
1: one to watch. That yeah. is a
6: big one to watch. Although you know, we all know that uh, mortgage rates have skyrocketed and volumes are are very depressed. Um, I, the expectation was for the for that income to be down about seventy percent. It just looks like it's a, it's a little bit worse. The net interest margin better than expected. So that's a core number to watch for Wells Fargo. Um, and we're we're looking for the net interest income and the provision building numbers now.
1: Yeah, and uh, some interesting lines as well coming in with Wells Fargo saying it expects credit losses to increase from low levels and a hundred seven million dollar write down in investment banking.
6: Yeah. So the so the write down in investment banking is um, is the number that I that I had uh, one of the numbers I referred to earlier. This is something we've seen um, across the banks. The two the two areas I think that we're we're seeing some stress in uh, the leveraged loan books and and bridge financing at the investment banks um, just because of the spread widening, um, but significantly lower um, than the types of marks that we saw in the global financial crisis, and certainly uh, these marks are manageable, so I don't think people will be too much upset about that. The credit rising from low levels should be something that is expected. We have uh, really strong credit quality across all the banks, and uh, we do expect some normalization there. The one thing that we're watching is what's happening with reserves this quarter because of the accounting. The reserves tell you not about today, which, as I said, is very strong, uh, but about the future, and that's what investors are worried about. They're worried about a, a coming recession, and it does look like there was a little bit of a reserve build there that could be due to loan growth, like what we saw JP Morgan, um, so we'll be looking to dig into that a little bit more.
1: And we'll be uh, watching for more headlines as they uh, continue to cross. The shares of Wells Fargo right now down 2.7 percent. They'd been in as low as 3.4 uh, percent in the pre-market. Allison Williams of Bloomberg Intelligence lets you get back to uh, crunching those numbers. In the meantime, we want to take you to what's going on in D.C. Lots happening in the nation's capital, not the least of which is President Biden's continued trip through the Middle East. He's meeting right now, giving a joint I'll statement with Palestinian prime or Palestinian President uh, Mahmoud Abbas. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins from the nation's capital. Emily, just quickly, let's get some of the details on what the president is saying alongside uh, President Abbas.
5: Yes, uh, we have a number of different things. I mean, Biden, first of all, talking about Jerusalem, saying that it's got to be a city for all its people and saying the U.S. is really working to improve the lives of Palestinian folks. He also announced uh, that he would be a uh, that he would be putting forward, um, I think it's over $300 million, uh, towards uh, Palestine. This is really Biden's way of trying to renew ties with the region after the Trump administration really ended a lot of the contact.
1: And, of course, we're waiting for the president to head to Saudi Arabia later today. But in the meantime, we want to uh, get to what's happening on Capitol Hill as well because there have been a lot of developments, including Joe Manchin once again uh, putting a big hurdle in front of uh, the slimmed down economic package that he's been negotiating with the Senate Majority Leader.
5: Yeah. uh, Joe Manchin told Democratic leaders that he wouldn't be supporting new climate measures or tax increases, particularly climate. That's something that Biden really wanted to see happen. It's something that he was very much pushing for, very, uh, you know, really touting. Um, And Manchin has said that he does not want that in a final bill. Uh, He wants the bill to really be focused on reducing the deficit and potentially a number of health care measures as well. Uh, Things like bringing down drug prices, which have already been agreed to. And this comes as we're seen inflation hit 9.1 percent manchin's been consistently concerned about inflation consistently warned uh you know that inflation was sort of uh, uh, tempering his desire to see some of this new spending and the reconciliation go through and this has really been very frustrating for a lot of Democrats just to see this big package that they have get whittled and whittled down further but knowing really there's nothing can they can do about it us mansions not going to support something they don't have 50 votes they don't have the means to pass it uh, so I to see this this decision broke late last night, uh, expecting to see a lot of inc- continued frustration around Capitol Hill today on
1: that. Yeah, and even with the difficulties around an economic package, Emily, it's very interesting to see this breaking news this morning that House Democrats are going to try to move forward on an assault weapons ban vote. This is really interesting.
5: Yes. Yeah, so the House Judiciary Committee has announced that they'll be taking steps uh basically to start the process of moving this assault weapons ban bill forward. Now, at this point, I've spoken uh with a couple of senior Democratic aides who have said that, you know, there hasn't really been any sort of announcement yet about whether this bill will come to the floor. The issue is that, Nathan, there, there might not be enough votes to get it to pass. There are a number of Democrats who are from pretty conservative areas and have said that they do not support an assault weapons ban. Uh, if you remember, there was um, the lawmaker from Buffalo, Chris Jacobs, who came out as uh, anti-assault weapons after the mass shooting in the Buffalo grocery store. He's a Republican, and a week later, he had to announce that he would not be running for re-election because the backlash to that announcement was so negative. So this is a pretty controversial area. I think the fact that you're seeing leadership go and address it right now really speaks to how public sentiment is turning yeah. after some of the most recent mass shootings we've seen.
1: Emily Wilkins of Bloomberg Government keeping an eye on everything happening in the nation's capital. So can you. Read all these stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Continuing to watch uh, shares of Wells Fargo in early trading after re- reporting uh, disappointing earnings They're down 3.5% in the pre-market. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.